0: This episode of NBSing is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now, unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store.
1: I do my head toss check my nails, baby. How you feeling?
0: Hello, welcome to NBSing. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is my dear friend Caroline Jane Davis, and she talks to me about. Her mishaps in travel, being bad at traveling, enjoying traveling, but maybe having some stories come out of it that shouldn't have any number of ways that you want to frame this conversation where you talk about some trips overseas that she did while she was in college as an undergraduate where we went to school together. We did the same trip, but at different times. So there will definitely be some talking points that we relate on, but have different perspectives on. And then while she was in graduate school at Texas Tech, where she recently completed an MFA program in performance and pedagogy, Uh, She also got a couple of other opportunities to travel abroad, and she just has a plethora of experiences from all of that that obviously have shaped her in ways that she continues to discover and carry through other endeavors in her life, but also just come along with some security at airport uh, foibles, some traveling with other... Uh, annoying frustrating passengers some nights spent out that may have gone awry at some point in the equation it's a really fun conversation and I think it suits today uh, when this is released because it's the busiest travel day of the year if I'm not mistaken the Wednesday before Thanksgiving so if you're listening to this on the night it's released safe travels if you find yourself doing that if not um, remember Thanksgiving? That was nice. I don't think I'll have any other plugs here in except to thank the Chicago Podcast Co op for continuing to coordinate sponsorships and create a community among some podcasters here in Chicago. Just got a new sponsor for the first time this week, Overcast, which is an app that I use literally daily and enjoy very, very much for my podcasting needs. All the controls are the best. Of the apps that I have experience with. The interface is super easy to use, so here's my personal uh, testimony for using the Overcast app. It would be the way that I would do it. And then there's a very cool feature where you can recommend things on Twitter uh, via your Overcast app. So you can kind of rate things or favorite things. And then people who follow you on Twitter and also use Overcast can see the episodes of podcasts that you like. So it's another way to show folks uh, that you are an M- MBSing listener or a listener of another show in the Chicago Podcast Co-op. Anywho, that was more plug-in that I wanted to do on this sweet little holiday ep. So enjoy the rest, Ed free.
1: I've been cleaning a lot. My par- my apartment looks great. I'm, like, inviting people over, not because I want to hang out with them, but just so I can show off my Showing apartment. Showing
0: off how <laughs> nice it is? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of great, though. Like, if I wish that some part of my past uh, unemployment, I had, a, you know, a little over a year while, while I've been in Chicago that I was unemployed, and it did not translate into me compulsively cleaning, so... <laughs>
1: I think it's the only thing that I feel like I can control without developing an eating disorder. And so I'm like, mm, well, this is what I do now. Jeez. So, <laughs> you know, well, it's better than it's like the alternative version. Right. right. So sure. I just like deep, clean stuff. And I like make a project every day. Like the other day, my project was to find a. A lazy Susan. Oh, God, I'm an old person. I suck.
0: <laughs> no, it's, I think it's a good thing because it's like you said, there are just so many worse things that you could be putting and l- less healthy things that you could be like putting your time and energy into.
1: Yeah, I've been doing some of the other things too, I think, <laughs> but I've been, I rewatched all of The Office. Nice. That was, and I had never seen the end. I had never gotten through the end of season nine, so I did that finally. That How emotional. did you
0: feel? Did it feel like you had closure?
1: Yeah, I was okay with it. Yeah, I was really surprised by the like reveal, the revealing of yeah. why the structure was the way it was.
0: Yeah, they get super meta. I f- kind of yeah. forgot about that
1: but i thought that was really kind of fun and like it, it's the questions that you would have been asking for 8 seasons if you were thinking about it too hard and then they're like no we're just going to make this part of it now for sure i thought it
0: was i thought it was really interesting like you know there's not and it kind of set the table for parks and rec did a rel- like, with their last season, they did a time jump, and I think they probably wouldn't have felt as equipped to make that choice if The Office hadn't also done something done it. totally different with their last, like, season or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really interesting, and in a way that I didn't expect from, you know, just a sitcom.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, I watched it all the way through. It felt like there's, I had to.
1: Yeah, and now I'm like struggling to find other workplace comedies because I there's a void now, and I just started this one that's British. It's called uh, um, Borderline, maybe. But it's like it's British and it's like these people that work at um, like security checkpoints at the airport. Oh, really? And so it's like them, it's like the people that are checking passports and, and handling all... Um, like
0: British TSA, basically?
1: Yeah. And so it's like, it's really silly, but you watch them have to deal with like someone comes in with a fake passport or somebody's too drunk to fly. And they have to keep them in holding and it's just like their... That's interesting. And they're all kind of, like, not great at it, and so it's a little bit disconcerting because you're like, these people shouldn't be trusted with this level of responsibility, but that makes it really adorable at the same time.
0: Yeah, I feel like the only U.S. version or recent U.S. version of that is, like, there's a new show that's just going to be about the flight from L.A. to Las Vegas, and it's just how it's like a real party plane and the captain like makes jokes about being a party guy. It looks, I think it's literally called L.A. to Vegas. And so I feel like it's just like a very American version of what you're describing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you think that you get into British television because you've traveled there? Or do you think it's that you've always been interested in it and now you just kind like, of have a little bit more context for it.
1: I think I, I like Brit- someone just told me this one time and I think this is like a pretty, um, like general thing that like American comedy has a tendency to like, you like make yourself look good in a lot of ways or, or you like try to make your, it's you're the best version of yourself and, so much of like British comedy, especially like that is so much about the, like the underdog and is so much about somebody who's just like completely hapless and like following that person around. And I, I like think that. maybe not so much anymore. Cause like recently, especially we were just talking about the office, like sure. You know, that's definitely a bunch of kind of hapless folks wandered around. For but
0: sure. I, I recently heard something uh, in an interview with Jenna Fisher where she said, Ricky Gervais told the like cast and crew of the American office that their characters couldn't be as bad at their jobs as the characters on the British office were because people wouldn't believe it. Because, like, he was basically just, like, in American culture, people don't really put up with ineptitude as much as British culture seems to. Like, the workplace is a lot more um, apathetic. So that totally backs up what you're saying.
1: Yeah, the idea that, like, failure isn't endearing over here as much as maybe it is there. I don't know. But I like that because I feel like it's nice to be reminded that, like, you don't have to be perfect this This dude has nothing going for him, and he's happy still.
0: Yeah, I mean, Parks and Rec is, like, my favorite show, period. And I think one of the things I really like about it is simply that it's a show about people that care about something. And, like, for a lot of the people on the show, it is the, the Parks Department, and, like, it is their job that is the thing they care about. Or at least for the main character, Leslie... But I think the show becomes about finding out what all those other characters actually care about. That's not their job.
1: Oh, that's cool. I've only seen a couple of episodes of Parks and Rec, which I know is like, I get yelled at by a lot of people when I say
0: that. Yeah, maybe after Borderlines, you check out Parks and Rec.
1: (laughs) Start it up. Like, I've got a couple of weeks still of unemployment, so I'll just... There you go. Binge it.
0: There you go. Uh, binge all of Netflix. Yeah, all of Netflix. Yeah, just uh, fit fit all of it in. So my guest today is Caroline Jane Davis, and we're going to talk about her love of travel, in spite of <laughs> <laughs> her self ascribed uh, inability to do it very well. Yeah, uh, you you can put it in your own words.
1: Yeah, I'm the. I think I'm the like best worst traveler though. I wouldn't say that I'm like like I'm still alive, so I'm not the worst worst traveler. Yeah. But that's but that's for true. Somebody, yeah, for somebody who has done it that much, I feel like I just do a lot of stupid stuff.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say the origin of your love of traveling is?
1: Um, I like hadn't really done a ton of it when I was a kid. Like I the first time I was on an airplane, I was I think 17. Well, wow. and that was for yeah, an audition in New York, and I had never gone really anywhere outside the Carolinas before that. And so to have such a late discovery about what the rest of the world could look like, and the idea of like, oh, this is actually this is a big city. There are people here who think like me and that look weirder than I do. This is awesome. Um, I think it's because I didn't have that growing up very much that I thought it was cool as an adult. And then in undergrad, I went on um, that big, like, four-month-long trip around the UK, and that was such a life-changing experience in so many ways. Um, And I promised myself when I got my passport in 2010 that I would use it at least one more time before it expired, even though I was like, I'm poor, I'm never going to, You know, probably be able to afford to go back to Europe, and I've used it twice since then. Nice. So I I completed my goal, and hopefully, I got—I have two years left until it expires, until I have to get it renewed. So hopefully, I can squeeze one more in there, but we'll see.
0: Nice. Then I think you officially did better than I did because I don't think I traveled again internationally after that trip because I also went on I went on the same trip but a different year Uh, and I don't think I I think I had to get it renewed before I left the country again but I've left the country a couple times since then so here we are
1: (laughs) and I feel like for as many like country like I feel like I've been to like a large number of countries but I still haven't been to like Mexico or Canada Oh, wow. <laughs> Which feels kind of wasteful. So maybe that, maybe I'll use it for that. That seems like an easy bucket list thing by comparison.
0: Right. Uh, it's really funny. Where did you go since your study abroad trip?
1: Um, two or three years ago, I went to Seville, Spain. Nice. And taught theater appreciation there and stayed with a house mother named Magdalena who had a turtle... She didn't speak any English, so the it was an a, all-Spanish house. She wouldn't let us speak English. She was like, I don't understand what you're saying, and you're stressing me out, so we're only going to speak Spanish. Um, and she had a turtle whose name I thought was Nina, like girl, mm-hmm. but what mm-hmm. she was saying was Ninja, like ninja. Her turtle's <gasps> name is <was> Ninja, which <laughs> gets funnier the longer you think about it, because <laughs> it's a turtle who's really slow. That's so good. <laughs> um, but
0: it's also a ninja turtle.
1: Right. And it's a ninja turtle. It's like it works on so many levels. It's um, I love that. She's hilarious. And all of her she would make sound effects with her mouth when she couldn't get me to understand something. Like I always forgot the word for knife. I still don't remember what it is. I, like I always <laughs> forgot. So she would just look at me and do like a, a hand movement like she was going to cut something. And then she would just go nyaka, 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 like that. And uh, <laughs> that was her like sound for cutting things. But it, like, didn't make any sense because that's not what a knife sounds like.
0: But naka 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 <laughs> naka
1: naka, naka, naka. <laughs>
0: So, uh, from this on that, I would just think that the Spanish word for knife was like fuzzy bear. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Uh, but yeah, I was there, and then last summer I went to Prague. Nice. For a month and did we did the Prague Fringe Festival, and then. Um, Around and then ended up in Berlin for like a weekend, but it was mostly mostly just Prague and then back. And that was beautiful and awesome.
0: Had you uh, been to those places, any of those three places, while you were on study abroad in undergrad?
1: No, that, those were all new. Nice. And I have a lot of anxiety about like traveling to places where I don't speak the language because I just
0: understandably, be, yeah,
1: right, right. You don't want to be the big American that like doesn't. No. So I would like, I'm always the person that will like stress read like a dictionary on the plane to try to like gather as much vocabulary as I can and then use it wrong. <laughs> 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 um, but like when we were here, okay. So this is why I'm a bad traveler. Okay. Everything that I've said so far is mostly like, here's what I've done. Here's why I'm a bad traveler. Um, when we were in Prague, we went to um, Germany for the weekend, like I said. And we were on this. We took a bus, which I don't really recommend, but it was cheaper, so we did it
0: from Prague and, to Germany. How long was that bus
1: ride? Uh, it was like set. It was like four or five hours. It wasn't that far. That's, but it was busted. like an afternoon. Yeah, but it was it was like a commitment, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, there was this dude in front of me who was actually speaking Spanish, um, which I do speak, and um. He was, like, on the phone. And I feel like you have to – as a traveler, there are, like, certain things that you do that are nice to people. And one of them is, like, not take up the common space with your personal conversation. Like, don't be a dick.
0: Mm. You Um, should let some people who use the CTA here in Chicago know
1: that. (laughs) It's so stupid. I I can't fathom having that, like – well, that's mean, but th- having that much self-importance, like as I walked through the world, yeah. that was something I felt was acceptable for me to do. Yeah,
0: I was sitting on the bus the other day and someone was just watching a basketball game at full volume, like right behind <laughs> that's me. That's
1: like the invented headphones. That's yeah. literally the purpose
0: yeah. I, of
1: headphones.
0: As I was riding, I was like, if I, if I had any sort of disposable income, I would just buy like crappy airport or er, airplane headphones and just like hand them to people passive aggressively <laughs> on the CTA.
1: I think you should do it anyway.
0: But yeah, so I totally, I totally understand that perspective cause I relate to it.
1: It's so, it's such a pet peeve, man. But, um, but he was doing that and he was all, I think also watching TV maybe. Um, cause like we had, it was the bus that had like screens, but on all the chairs. Um, and I got so mad cause I think I like a little bit have anger issues. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> <so> <laughs> I was sitting next to my best friend and I was like, um, and I had asked him to stop to be quiet like two or three different times. And I said it both in English and in Spanish. And I was like, I know that you're understanding what I'm saying. And he, like, sort of nodded but then kept going a couple of times. And so then I ordered tea. I ordered hot tea on the bus, and my plan was to pour it on his head. And um, my best friend was like, Carolyn, you can't. You can't do that. We don't even know, like, where in the countryside between the Czech Republic and Germany we are. Like, we definitely don't know the rules here. If you did that, we're not sure what jail you would go to. Um, and so I didn't, but I did punch him in the head. Oh, my God. Later. Later on. And it wasn't like a punch punch, but I did I did jab him in the head. And then he was quiet. <laughs> so it worked.
0: Were you, like, getting up? How did you play this off?
1: I didn't. There was no. I'm not.
0: You just punched him I, in the head.
1: I just, I just punched him, and I, and then he turned around because he was really confused more than anything, I think. And I just looked at him, and I was like, "I said, be quiet," and then, then he stopped. But that's a horrifying story, right? Like that. Yeah, it really is. That Makes me sound, sound like a horrible person. I, think,
0: I don't think that's true. It does sound like you got very angry, and he was being very inconsiderate.
1: But, like, do you know those things that, like, when you go to a movie and you hear someone talking and you just, like, kind of imagine all the things that you would do or say to that person if you had no qualms, like. Yes. I I feel like that was the culmination of years of feeling that way. Every time I heard somebody, like, talking inappropriately. Totally.
0: Totally. Totally. Why do you think that that time was when the straw, like, broke the proverbial camel's back?
1: Or or punch the camel's head. Um, Or punch the camel's head. (laughs) Because I think I I wasn't prepared when I went to I don't know have you been Did you go to Prague when you I did
0: I'm thinking about doing it as a part of my honeymoon. Um, (gasps) uh, Yeah, because we we really want to go to Europe. Uh, A few things pending, but. Uh, I did not go while I was on study abroad. And that's part of the reason I want to go now.
1: Yeah, it's a beautiful place. But the thing I wasn't prepared for was that there's, um, there's a ton of, of history kind of left over from world war two that kind of lives in the city in a way that I hadn't anticipated. Like, you you know, when you go to Berlin, there are going to be memorials there and, and things that you kind of learn about um, from a really scary time. But I was not aware how Prague sort of like played into that,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, and what's interesting is that they. One of the things that I heard several people say was that in London, the city got bombed, but for the most part, civilians were unaffected. I mean, not unaffected; they were affected, but but they weren't. Nobody was being shipped away. Not like directly
0: affected. Directly, yes, yes, yes. Gotcha.
1: Um, and that they're for the most part, the, the civilians were were somewhat safer, even though their buildings like you could look at and see the destruction that had that had occurred. Gotcha. And the opposite was true in Prague. So there it was like Prague Castle was one of the like headquarters of of oper- of Axis operations. And so the city itself was pretty much untouched in terms of damage from the war. But um all of its people were shipped away. Dang. And so there's this like there's not even a, a scar to look at. It's just it it's just a lack of wow, you
0: know.
1: It's just a sort of an emptiness. And so being surrounded by that much like <sighs> horror and, and sadness and and this feeling of just vacancy mm-hmm. um in in learning about those stories, I think I was like in a just I was in a headspace where I was like, people suck. Yeah. And so sad. And so I'm going to punch you in the head. (laughs) Because
0: there's nothing else here to take out this anger on in your being.
1: Yeah. I do think that's kind of was how was why that was. It was a really kind of sad trip.
0: Yeah. Um, If you went from a place that you described as that and the headspace that it put it into you, uh, put you in. To
1: Berlin, <laughs> <laughs> right? Sweet, right. golly! And when we were in Berlin, like one of the one of the things that happened was we were walking past the memorial for all of the the Jews who had died in the Holocaust, and it's the it's a series of p- pillars or columns that are different heights, and they all represent kind of the you kind of walk into it, and all of a sudden the pillars are towering above you, just to kind of give you a sense of um it's so much more than it even looks like or or that we can fathom. Right. The, that level of destruction. And so we were walking by and as we were walking by, um, I saw this teenager, a young male blonde headed teenager, like jumping and like walking across the tops of the columns. Jeez. Disrespectfully, like literally stomping on, on this memorial and it, was such an, an a scary image to see. Yeah. Um I like an important image and something to be aware of, I think that like holy cow, it just feels it felt immeasurable, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely like world and mind broadening to travel to places that just have more history uh I don't know. Obviously, there was a lot going on in the U.S. before it was colonized. But even just being able to like see buildings that are older than the U.S. as we know it is is right. enough to just kind of blow your mind as a traveler, in my experience anyway.
1: Yeah. No, I completely agree. I feel like... Um just like the the history of our of our country as a nation right is you're right is so short by comparison, so it looked like standing in the Coliseum and knowing how long that sucker's been there <laughs> <is>. <laughs> um and just being such a small like pinpoint on the like overall history of, of a place right It's a cool feeling, yeah,
0: so you said one of the first times that you left South Carolina was. To, or at least the first time you flew, was to go to New York. Were there? Uh, what was that experience like?
1: <laughs> um, it was fine. I hate security, and because um, I have anxiety anyway, so mm-hmm. the first time going through security as like a young adult was horrifying, and I didn't understand why you had to take your shoes off, which um, I understand why now, I guess. But like, we flew into um, Sweden one time. And their security was just like a closet. Like, they didn't make you take your shoes off. And they were just sort of like, hey, how you doing? Okay, bye. And then they just, like, let you go. Like, it was nothing. Um, so I do feel like for a early traveler, like, the whole security thing is, like, a stressful process. Yeah. Um, and that was what I think I remember more than anything else, just being like, I'm going to do this wrong, and someone's going to arrest me, and I will never be able to leave an airport again. Because um, I'll be stuck in airport jail or whatever... Right, <laughs> I don't know. Like, what do they do with you, I guess? Uh, Yeah, I mean, like, I'm a sure
0: day- a lot of people get detained at airports for a long time and would have to then probably be relocated to a more permanent place for being detained. But I don't know. I don't know.
1: I like the idea of airport jail. Yeah. I think that could be fun.
0: Do you think there's like um, a holding tank for people who uh just have to go to sober up for a little while?
1: I hope so, and I hope there's cool music playing. Like I I feel like <laughs> I feel like there's a whole secret life of airports that we don't know anything about that I like don't necessarily want to discover cuz it would stress me out, but also I think it'd be fascinating.
0: Yeah. I was uh, flying out of Midway recently, and something, it was like later on a Thursday night, and I don't think they were going to have high traffic, and then they did, and it was my bag got flagged because I forgot I'd left a bottle of water in it. Uh, So that's on me. But as I was waiting for my bag to get checked, which took about... 10 to 15 minutes I was just like watching employees kind of running around chaotically like there was one woman who was like moving (laughs) bins and she was just like oh no oh god oh oh lord and like was just like muttering under her breath and I was just like this does not instill confidence in this system
1: (laughs) it was really wild like self-narrate while she's doing the thing that's never probably a good sign. Yes,
0: right? so <laughs> I I just start moving bins because I have nothing else to do and I can't watch this woman like be this stressed out and the people in front of me who are getting their back checked uh, the gentleman was like, man, you're really going above me out, and I was like, I don't have anything else to do and it seems like <laughs> they could use the help and then because, yeah. come to find out those people's bag had gotten flagged because they had a lava lamp in it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, did, that
1: is wild. Did Stephanie tell you about when we were leaving, when she was <laughs> going through security? And this is, this is a faulty like recolle- recollection, I'm sure, but, um, they pulled out like this gigantic thing of peanut butter, like 80 ounces of peanut butter. Yes. And they were like, ma'am, you can't have that. It's a liquid. And she got so pissed. And she she was like, my mom bought me this. It was going to be my protein for four months. I turn it upside down. Nothing falls out. How is that a liquid? And like,
0: I do know this story.
1: Yes. It was so funny and sad. 'Cause I, it I it was and it looked like it was nice peanut butter too,
0: but it's so funny. It's like such a Stephanie thing that yeah. Yeah. She was willing to like die on the uh on the hill of uh peanut butter not being a liquid. Uh and yep. it's so funny. It, it, yeah, for so many reasons. I do I do know that story even though I was not there. I think it was like the first thing she told me when the first time we talked about you guys were on study abroad.
1: <laughs> it was the first picture that I took on study abroad was Stephanie with her peanut butter right before they made her throw it away. So <laughs> <laughs> I started um, when I visited you uh, like several years ago when I was on my way back. I don't know if you remember. I definitely broke my toe while I was there.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: I'm, I do. As.
0: Yes. Like yeah. uh, just like walking through a living room or something like that.
1: Right? It was like on a table, and then yep. then I couldn't walk. Um, so I was like coming back to Greenville from Chi-Town and I already had a broken toe, so I was like walking all weird. I was very, I think, hungover. Just like days worth of hangover had hit me at once, probably. And then uh, yeah, and then um, I like reached into my bag, and I hadn't put the like cap or the um, cover on my razor. <gasps> ah. And yeah, so I reached in and just like nicked a giant like section of my hand and no. like there was blood. Yeah, like all down my arm. Like and I was alone and confused and limping. And then then that had happened and I just like couldn't process it. That's a like, lot. There was nowhere to go from, so I, like, I tapped the, with my good hand, I tapped the woman in line ahead of me, and I was like, ma'am, do you happen to have a band-aid, and, like, it was, it was past the point of band-aid, like, it was, oh and my. she turned around and was like, oh, not, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, and so she, like, <laughs> orchestrated this whole, because I just was incapable of, right. like, figuring out how to even begin fixing the problem, right, and, uh, so they brought a bunch of TSA agents over, and they were like, ma'am, are you okay, and I was like. I don't know, I mean, yes, I'm right. fine, but I just like, can't, I just, I'm over the day, right. and so they, like, took me around security, and, like, um, let me ring all my stuff, and they were really nice, and they found me, like, a big, you know, cloth thing to, like, to put on it, and, and, they, and they were very kind and considerate, but I never went through security <laughs> as a result, like, I never got text. Metal detected. My bags never got looked in. Oh my god! And that gosh. was kind of disconcerting because I was like, "That wasn't hard." I mean, it hurt, but it,
0: that I, wasn't hard. That's so funny. I don't know if I do that story, and <laughs> it, man, that's so funny. Just being like, I'm, I, I could have planned this, I suppose, if I wanted to, <laughs> but I didn't, and here I, I am.
1: I felt the need to, like, consistently reiterate that, it, that I hadn't – that it was a horrible accident and oh. I was really embarrassed to, like, make myself not seem – and I think they probably could look at me and just tell that, like, this girl would be incapable of planning anything sinister because she just, like, can't do anything. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she, she can't even handle herself. Like, she's not going to try – she, she's not – she doesn't have that much – that many wits about her to do that. That's so funny. Um, yeah. And then, like the next time I flew, like right after that, I had gotten through security successfully with no incidents, and I was very proud of myself. And I was like walking to my gate, and a security officer stopped me and was like, "Hey, ma'am, can I look at your keys?" And I was like, "This is a weird question, but sure." And I had mace
0: yeah. on my
1: keys that I that you're not supposed to have. Um, and but he you was made like, you "Did they security you security with it?" Right, and he was like, "Did they let you through with this?" And I was like, "Yep." Oh God, no! I'm sorry. My mom makes me carry it for nighttime, and I didn't remember that. You know, like over. I didn't think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he he told me that I had to throw it away, but that if I wanted to go back and use it on whichever security officer let me through in the first place, <laughs> <laughs> I could do that.
0: Whoa! Airport security humor. <laughs>
1: I declined, but I thought about it for a second.
0: Yeah, now that you say that, I'm pretty sure there was someone on our study abroad trip who, like, realized they had packed mace in their bag that was, like, under the plane, and they started freaking out, like, on the plane and, like, told a flight attendant, and they started freaking out and, like... It was this really stressful part of a transatlantic flight. Oh god.
1: Yeah, it was just felt like they couldn't deal with the the burden of that knowledge. I or... guess
0: and like it it seemed like they were even trying to figure out a way to like to like remove it from the plane or something. It was just like why
1: if, are we is it is like You one, can't roll the window down. Like, that's what, are you what I'm gonna saying.
0: Do? Like, so, okay, there's one thing a mace in the, in the, you know, cargo. What do we, is that going to take the whole thing down? Like, you know what I mean?
1: Right, right.
0: It really blew my mind that it seemed to me like people were uh, justifying her anxiety about it and, like, giving her a lot of, like, guff about it. And I was just, like... Ooh.
1: So unnecessary.
0: Yeah. So that seems to be, uh at least if not universal experience, that's something that not necessarily uh, a lot of people would realize
1: is on the <laughs> table. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't... I just didn't think... Yeah. You don't think sometimes.
0: I... I think that's part of why we have TSA is because there's a lot of people who, you know, obviously, ultimately, it's for security uh, reasons, you know, because you don't want uh, just anybody to be able to get through. But at the same time, there are things that people shouldn't have on planes, and a lot of people aren't even bringing them on consciously.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I got flagged one time because Tyler... Mitchell put a Guinness in my book bag, like a week earlier and had put it in the very, very bottom. And he was like, can you hold this for me? I'm, And I was like, sure. And it had been long enough that I had completely forgotten. It was even down there. Sure. And they were like, "Ma'am, you have a crap ton of liquid in your, your bag. And I was like, I do not. I've been doing this a while. I think I have my life together. And then, <laughs> and then they went through my book bag and I was being very indignant the whole time. I was like, I, I know what I'm doing. There's nothing of. in there. And then they, they pulled out a tall boy of Guinness. <laughs> they were like, Ma'am, um, is this your Guinness? And I said, oh, God, no, it's not mine. I'm holding it for a friend. Like, As though it's a brick of drugs. Right. So I was, for some reason, just, like, stupid, anxious about that. And then they were like, get rid of this. And then I asked them, I was like, if I chug it right now is that allowed and they said no <laughs> <So>. <laughs> uh, I think maybe you could probably take it if it was in your body but right yeah, I was I I think it's cuz I was such a bitch like to start out with cuz yeah. I was so just high and mighty about it that they're like no you're not going to get this beer now. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> if you had it.
0: walked up to the security <laughs> line and were like, "Wait, can I have a minute?" and then just pulled it out and chugged it, they all would have like thought you were cool. Not
1: cared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I made a dude hold all my lighters one time because I w- I I had a bunch of lighters on. I just like was collecting them and I was anxious that I had enough that it was going to look like I was going to start a fire. So I'd like turn to the guy behind me who I did not know. And I was like, hey, man, (laughs) hey, man, do you mind holding some of my lighters? And he was like, uh, okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He was cool. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So you just make it friends left and right.
1: Yep. When you're when you're friends is like a. Yeah, a little tenuous of a word, I think, in that context. But he did it. I thought that was very generous. <laughs> People are nice.
0: Um, uh, when Lauren and I, uh, past guests of MBSing, actually, uh, Ann Jacobs and I went to one of our college roommates' weddings, Jackie. Um, uh, on the way back, we were definitely like. A little hungover but also we had bought booze and left it in our hotel room thinking that we would like come back to the rooms and hang out there but Jackie's really cool so she just met everyone at a bar like <laughs> after the wedding so we just That's like awesome. yeah it was awesome like we just got to like go out and keep drinking and all like you know have a great time but we got back and had a 12-pack of Stella Tallboys. Maybe there were only like 8 or 10, but there were. we had a lot of Stella Tallboys. And we were flying out that day. So first we went to a Bojangles. <laughs> and we started drinking Stella Tallboys in the Bojangles. And we got kicked out of the Bojangles. <laughs> <laughs> So we, the worst. Went, we went to the airport and Larian had to leave. So like right before she left, we both chugged one more beer <laughs> and she left. And I had like, I want to say a couple extra hours before my flight left. So I, sta- I sat pre-security like off in this like abandoned part of the concourse and drank like two more of them. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Because I didn't want to check a bag, and I still had a bunch of beers, and I had so much time to kill in the airport anyway. I think I ended up throwing away, like, one and a half. Like, we just, like, drank them all during the day.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah,
0: and got kicked out of a Bojangles in the process.
1: <laughs> I think that's the most admirable part of that story. Like, you have to make an effort to get kicked yeah. out of Bojangles.
0: We were being <laughs> brazen. To their credit, we were we were not trying to really hide the fact that we tried to like sit where we didn't think they could see us, but we weren't like hiding anything that we were doing outside of that. And they're just like, "Is this alcohol?" And we we're like, yep. Yes yes." <laughs> <laughs> they were like, "You have to leave," and we we're like, "Yes,
1: <laughs> fair enough." We shoved apart.
0: (laughs) Oh, boy. Not necessarily proud, but if we're going to be talking about, you know, time spent (laughs) traveling, doing stupid things.
1: Stupid things.
0: There's my contribution.
1: (laughs) I, when we were in Amsterdam, I partook in a lot of the local brewery. Sure. And, um, as one is wont to do Mm -hmm. when you're in Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. And, um... I loved Amsterdam. I thought it was the cool. We were there during a blizzard, um, but we were staying on a houseboat that only had heat in the kitchen. So I was there with two or three friends and we were in, we were under water level, like on this boat and it was freezing. So we ended up like the three of us all sleeping right next to each other and then cocooning ourselves in all of our clothes that we had brought. Because it's the only way we could fall asleep. God. (laughs) It was miserable, but it was. Did, fun. How it was did you it. find
0: this houseboat? Was it just like a hostel thing?
1: You know, and at the time, like I don't, I didn't have a lot of the tools that I would use now to find a place. I'm pretty sure we just like sort of randomly picked a hostel, or like you know, it was the like travel booking equivalent of like finding a name and a number on a bathroom stall. You oh know, Oh, my gosh. Um, but wild. it was really cool. The, the guy that like owned it was was super cool, but. So we spent like several days there and, um, we did a lot of museums and and stuff like that, but then also did the, the Amsterdam part of Amsterdam. Sure. Um, and I was like getting in the, on the plane to go, to go back to London and, um, I was like. Oh, my God. And I realized that I had, like, probably three or four joints in my purse. Yikes. That I had forgotten I bought and didn't have time to do anything with Mm -hmm. other than keep them in my purse. And I got so worried that I was going to get arrested for, like, legit trying to, like, drug traffic. Is that a thing? Was I a mule? Um, Would I have been a mule?
0: (laughs) I think technically, yes. But there's probably uh, limits on like how much you could be carrying for it to be actually like decriminalized or something like that.
1: Yeah, it was it was a really pathetic amount. Yeah, yeah it wasn't anything to write home about, but right. I was so nervous that I um and then I was like what do I do because if that, if I just throw them in a trash can then a dog might sniff it like i was going through all of these like worst case scenarios so i ended up flushing them all down the toilet that's what you do right
0: i think i think that is a good solution i also think that the amsterdam airport has to be the place where the most people are trying to take weed out of the country you know what i yeah. mean like uh, maybe, like, the Denver airport. It, it just seems like they have to be... I feel like it's either, like, they have to be specifically equipped for dealing with that and trying to... Mm, no pun intended. And trying to figure <laughs> out how to keep the smallest amount of it getting out of the country, or that it they're so inundated by it that it's actually... Not so high on their scale of things they're worried about. Does that make sense?
1: That does make sense. I'm sure there's a protocol in place. Like, I, at the time, I was really nervous about it. Sure.
0: And I think probably with good reason because you're, you know, a good law abiding citizen. And like you mentioned when you were talking about getting kicked off the bus <laughs> somewhere between <laughs> the Czech Republic <laughs> and Germany. <laughs> It's a similar feeling. You're like, oh, I'm in a foreign country and I have what anywhere else would be an illegal drug and I'm not trying to take it out, so.
1: Yeah. 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 God. I think you're understandably <laughs> nervous. Did the right thing, though. I think so, too. It was like, you know, sad to sad to watch it leave. But. Oh, of course.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, imagine Steph trying to dump an entire tub of peanut butter down a toilet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that was. I our feelings about those two events were probably very similar in that moment. I was just like, "Yeah, exactly." Why is Why is this having to happen right now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so stupid.
0: What are some other significant uh, potholes in your traveling timeline? Are there any? Stories that coming into this, you're like, well, I got to talk about how this happened.
1: Um, So like bef- the first time that I knew I was going to leave the country, I made a to do list because I was like, this will make sure I have I, I will make my own memories. Right. And so I remember. this. I made, yes, I made this like super long list and it was all completely based on stereotypes because I didn't know, you know, what to actually do in the in country? So I would like look up venues and stuff that I wanted to make sure I went to, and and there was some cool stuff on there. Like I I made myself perform a Shakespeare monologue at the Globe, and that was a cool moment. And my whole section applauded for me. It was really cool. That's um, so funny. I love it. But then there was also stuff that like maybe was offensive. Like I had just put on there that I wanted to try to find um, a man in a kilt to have sex with while I was in Scotland, and I was like, maybe that's.
0: Going a little too far.
1: <laughs> That's, like, not a, a memory that like, needs making, maybe, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and stuff like kiss a stranger under the Eiffel Tower. I thought it was a very, like, romantic, quintessentially French thing to do. What I didn't know at the time was the only people that hang out under the Eiffel Tower are people that are trying to get you to sell or to buy their things that they're selling. Right. Um, any strangers I Flowers would have found not
0: or- Right. weird souvenirs
1: Umbrellas. yeah yes lots of tiny yeah keychains of the eiffel tower i think i got asked if i wanted to buy keychains like probably a dozen times and a little bit i was like i'll find a stranger to kiss like surely sh- if i tell someone it's on a to-do list they'll kiss me right like that was my sort of thought process there right uh, so that was a that was a fail so um, you did
0: it didn't happen you didn't it
1: definitely didn't happen kiss a keychain um, seller yeah, the, the, it didn't sound as cool. So, so <laughs> that was, that was that's fun.
0: probably fair. Yeah the the romantic it, nature of the to do list item didn't really carry carry through to the atmosphere. No, so,
1: yikes! Yeah, in my mind it was it was like a painting, and in reality it was like a subway advertisement. You know, like. <laughs> but um, but one of the things that was on the list for Paris was to Spend a whole day drinking only red wine and eating only baguettes. And I was like, this is a great idea in my mind. Again, it was like I had a very romantic notion of what that would be or what that would look like. Uh And then I started the day with a glass of wine because I was like, it's my wine and baguette day. Um, And by 3 p.m. I was so grumpy because I had like, I think, a wine headache or hangover. Yeah, And I had only eaten... Baguettes, I was also like doing the vegetarian thing then Uh, So like I was already sort of depleted of nutrients And then I was trying to like, you know, walk 13 miles around a city So you didn't just just, like
0: stay in one place and drink wine and eat baguettes all day You were like being a tourist in France and (laughs) drinking (laughs) wine and eating baguettes all day
1: Yeah, I like took a baguette to go and carried it around There's pictures of me with this baguette Baguette to go Hanging out um, so I gave up. So that one also didn't get checked off the list because by 3 PM I was like, I need real human food and I'm really grumpy about how much red wine I drank, mm-hmm. um, which was also short sighted. I shouldn't have started the day with that.
0: Uh, <laughs> Maybe like some water would have
1: helped. No, but that was, that's, that wasn't what the list said. Right. I had the, a very specific. Right. So that was I think a lot of my expectations for places have just been like so wrong that that has been why the things didn't happen or why they went badly. Right. Um what else did I I was trying to think of what else like got really messed up. I made a second list which was things that I didn't have on my list but should have been on my list because they were cool enough that I wanted to remember them.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um like, I abbreviated it somehow, but it was, like, really long. It was, like, I forget. Um,
0: oh, it was, the, like, those, all of the uh, first letters in the list I should have made but didn't know I was going to make right. or something
1: like that. exactly. Yes, it was. <laughs> it, so it was, like, 12 letters long. And I was, like, I know what this means. It doesn't matter what, if it, no one else knows what it means. Right. Um, but that was stuff, like I, like, I touched a mummy in Ireland, which was weird and
0: that is cool. And I was like,
1: that should have been on my list, but who would have known? Like, how could I possibly have foreseen? Um, and then I went to the coolest thing that I added to that list, which is also kind of a, I fucked it up, um, was Stephanie and I got invited to hang out with the RSC cast mm-hmm. members because um, mm-hmm. we were talking to them at the Dirty Deck and one of their members, Clarence, had invited us to um An after party at a strip club, which was the coolest thing because number one, Stratford-upon-Avon closes super early. Yeah. So there was nothing else to do anyway. Right. Number two, we got to the front door and he said, we're with the RSC. And they let us in. And then we got down to the bottom of the stairs and he said, we're with the RSC. They took our coats. We get to our table and he says, we're with the RSC. And they bring over, um, like, a tub of champagne. Damn. Like, for free. Damn. I felt so cool and had a great time. They had a great time. The girl that was playing Kate in *Taming of the Shrew got got kicked out because she was dancing on the tables and taking attention away from the girls.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, Um, my God.
1: So that was super cool. So this Um, was, like,
0: legit... uh a royal shakespeare company cast party situation
1: i think so and not everyone um not not everybody was there sure. but it was a good number of folks and but it wasn't uh, just like
0: one of the dudes invited two women he met at the dirty duck to go to like <laughs> a strip club with him you know what i mean <laughs> there's, yeah, there's, there's like a bunch of members there
1: that sounds sketchy no that's but what i'm saying even like the old guys that were like playing the sages and all the shows were there and stuff. So like, it was really neat. Um, and they were doing their whole season in a week. It was right before they were going to transfer to London. And so they were doing them all really, really fast. And I think it was like one of their last times doing it as a company there for a while. So that's probably why they were going out. Gotcha. Um, but, uh, and, and they bought me a dance for free, which is exciting. (laughs) And, that was great for me. And then, um, but the, what sucks about the end of that story is that I was having this awesome time. I was meeting all these RSC actor, Royal Shakespeare company actors, which was great. Um, and then I went outside for a smoke and, um, I met some creepy old man named, I don't even remember who had like an earring and I was drunk enough that I'm like, this person is more interesting than anyone inside. And I ended up, like making out with this old guy outside of the strip club while the party was happening inside. And Stephanie came out to find me. She was like, look at, she was on her way to be like, look at this cute boy I met. And I was making out with that boy's dad. No. (laughs) No. So she came upon that site and was like, what are you doing? (laughs) <laughs> and I didn't have a good answer, so we left. And then the next day we went to go see Caesar. They were doing Caesar the next uh-huh. the, afternoon afternoon, I think. And um, I like was on the front row for that show, right in the corner, and it was a thrust. So I was like right kind of where a lot of entrances were happening. And I watched people in the cast make eye contact with me. And then, sort of like ashamedly, look away. Like we both no. knew. <laughs> I knew what they had done. They knew what I had done. Oh my god! It was so embarrassing.
0: That's so funny. <laughs> That's so funny. And then
1: on the way on the way home, I like we passed by Shakespeare's house, and I was uh, I was drunk, and I was afraid that. Um, I had like offended Shakespeare by making out with this old creepy guy with an earring, and then I like peed in the street uh, because I, I had to go and there was nothing open, and so I, like I peed kind of on Shakespeare's house, like at the this the door of the, uh, just the classiest story I'm telling you now. Oh no! Um, but you and then like you had a pretty good streak
0: of uh, peeing in public places going too, didn't you?
1: I do. I don't know what in my mind thought that that was the right thing to do but i made another and i think it was that was the start of it and so then it became like i'm gonna mark my territory and then i like would try to pee on i'm like a dog what yeah i was gonna say that's a dog myself
0: you know i think with keeping in mind that how old you were at the time and uh the age of the people that you were surrounded by Uh, and I only mean to say that as also young and stupid.
1: (laughs) It felt so cool at the time.
0: Right, but if these are, like, the worst things you were doing in foreign countries... Fair. You know, like, oh, accidentally leaving Amsterdam with a few joints. (laughs) Like, walking home from a pub slash cast party and peeing in public. Like, that. those are (laughs) things that happen... You know, in cities anywhere by people of any age who are drinking and misjudging. (laughs) At least in my experience. So maybe I'm an enabler.
1: No, I think you No, you are an enabler. You for sure are. (laughs) (laughs) I did tell a story about getting kicked out of a boat (laughs)
0: shackles. So I don't think I really have any, like, credibility at this point.
1: (laughs) That's fair. I'm still just mostly impressed that you got kicked out
0: in the first. Yeah. Well, the good news is they don't have some sort of, like, national this person can not eat at Bojangles (laughs) list that I got put on because... I still try to go every time I'm in the South.
1: (laughs) I was going to say, I feel like that would be a really long list, and I feel like 90% of the people would be from Alabama. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, just getting the old Roy Moore treatment. Yeah. You cannot come to this Bojangles anymore.
1: (laughs) Do people shorten Bojangles and just say Bojo? thing.
0: Wow, I've never heard Bojo. I've they do they shorten it to Bo a lot cuz they say it's Bojo. Oh, bow that
1: makes more sense. But yes. I, yes. Okay.
0: I like Bojo. I like
1: Bojo. It felt right coming out of my mouth.
0: It definitely feels like too much of a word for a uh fast food biscuit place. Bojangles. But it's also like uh, anywho. Bojo. Yeah. We should just start Bojo. here. You heard it here first. All right. Heard it here first. Uh, well, those were other very good. Electric. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't call it electric. Just uh, you know, just a little bit chaotic uh, moments of your yeah. travel experience.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. It's not. I. I started this with the intention of being like. Mm, these are all the ways in which my my times abroad have been awesome, but like slightly misfortunate, unfortunate is the word I was looking for. And now I feel like I have not done that. I have instead made sure that anyone who hears this knows not to trust me with their children or their animals or on a bus. <laughs>
0: The bus thing, maybe, but the other stuff is definitely a leap. Uh, wow. Yeah, I think yeah. if nothing else, people will just be able to relate to the fact that we've all had, you know, misgivings about
1: it, certainly. I, I did it for all the little people who felt like their voices needed to be heard in addition to the loud people around them. I did it for them.
0: That is beautiful. <laughs> Is there anything else you would be remiss to not mention in this conversation?
1: Oh man, I think that about. I'm, I'm anxious now because I feel like the next story I tell, like I, we're going down a trend of just like getting worse and worse. So I feel like if, if I stop now, then at least I have a like a small amount of my dignity remaining. <laughs> <dating.
0: laughs> okay, I guess that's understandable. Is there a way that you feel that your travel experiences and perhaps some of the mishaps therein have influenced you creatively and kind of your life uh, all-encompassing?
1: Yeah. Um, I definitely feel like one of the – the reason I love travel and I think the reason most people love traveling who love it is because – you get to hear so many cool stories and kind of live a life outside your own and um, expand your own horizons and get a better sense of how humanity works on a, on a, literally on a global scale, right? And I think that learning the stories of folks that have lived nothing like you helps you practice empathy um, a lot more easily. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's a lot easier to care for or love another person if you've been able to hear their story or experience and so like because I've been very fortunate to have have done that um I feel like now my focus like because I'm a theater maker um and so I feel now that my task is to is to give voice to um all of the stories not just the ones that I learned growing up or not just the ones that had been canonized for me that there's so much more out there. You just have to kind of make sure you expose yourself to it. Um, so, I and I and I don't think I would have that same sense of kind of the scope of humanity if I hadn't been able to do that.
0: That is awesome, and I think it's a really cool thing to have come out of those experiences. Is to just go like, "Damn, there's a bunch of people." who live their lives way differently than I have in my relatively small-town South Carolina upbringing. And uh, it's, you know, like you said, a gift to have been able to do stuff like that. And I definitely relate to you in the sense that my trip abroad definitely was, like, mind-expanding and relatively life-changing. And uh, it's awesome that people you know when people get the opportunity to that uh, to do that and uh for you to have come back from that and gone like well everybody should get to still tell their story then is so great i love that
1: thanks yeah and it you know once you've done something that's that embarrassing in front of somebody you know you stay fucking humble i think a little bit better (laughs) because you recognize that you're an idiot I think oh yeah, <laughs> I think that's
0: too, right. Yeah, me. I'm not proud of getting kicked out of a bojangle, <laughs> <laughs> but it keeps you humble. It keeps me humble. Yeah. Anyone who thinks I've really got things together can just point to that.
1: <laughs> Do you see a biscuit? Like when you see biscuits now, even out of the context of bojangles, does it fill you with shame?
0: Honestly. <sighs> Maybe yes, but mostly probably just because I go like, damn, I want that biscuit so bad.
1: Yeah. Ashamed of mostly my love bis-
0: for this biscuit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you should do a commercial for Bojangles.
0: Uh ten out of ten would absolutely. Bojangles mm-hmm. if you're hiring people for commercials, which you probably are, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I haven't seen any lately. They need to you know.
0: Yeah, they, they should rework their ad campaign.
1: <laughs> Bojangles, you
0: can't drink here. <laughs> anyway. We'll kick you out
1: and you'll still love us.
0: Okay? <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, Well, thank you so much for doing this. I've had...
1: Thank you for having me. This has been really fun.
0: I'm glad. I've had a great time, too. And I... I'm glad that there were some uh, study abroad tales of yours that I uh, got to relive with you, even if we didn't get to go together. And, uh, you know, I knew that peanut butter thing, but come on, there's more juice. (laughs) There's more juice. You just got to give it a squeeze.
1: Just give it a squeeze. You're right. (laughs) Uh, as they as they as they say,
0: as they say, just give it a squeeze. Thank you so much again. I love you very much, and I mean that.
1: Thanks. I love you too, babe.
0: This has been a Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com nerdalogs to donate today. And go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am, am grabbot23548x.